is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me today is the one, the only, Josh Mullinex joining the podcast today. Josh, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, man. I'm happy to be back. Yes, sir. It's been a couple months since we talked hoops on the pod, so trade deadline coming up. Um, we're about at the halfway, actually a little bit past the halfway point in the season. So we figured it's a good time to kind of check in and we're going to be talking about really the, the needle movers in the NBA, the teams that can actually win the championship. So the layout of today's podcast, little gimmicky, but we're going to less, less so than last time. Last time we just literally talked about every single team in the league, why, and our thoughts on them today. We're only going to talk about the contenders and we're going to talk about, uh, teams, we, we each made our own list. So we're going to talk about teams in each conference that we think have a, ch- a legitimate chance to win the NBA finals. There's a difference between, you know, being a fun team that you enjoy watching on league pass. That's a good regular season team, but really like, this is when, you know, the nail hits the head. Like this is, these are the teams that actually can win. We're going to say, give some reasons as to why they will win and also why they won't win. And then, kind of mixed in there we'll talk about like you know things that they can do at the deadline to increase their chances of of winning the championship so um we're going to start in the east josh is going to go first obviously there's going to be some overlap here on our list um it'll be interesting to see what teams you know i have that you don't have what teams i don't have that you may have but you know without further ado josh uh first team in the east who you got i think i know who it is suppose we can start with the team that's got the best record in the nba yeah i and, think and, and start thing. with the boston celtics 35 and 14 as of January 26th, three game lead on Philly, by the way. Yeah. In the East. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly's like 18 and four or something in their last 22, something, something impressive like that. Um, but three game lead nonetheless uh, has at least been in the conversation, if not been the best team in the NBA all season. So it seems like a pretty legitimate place to start. Uh, fourth in defensive rating so far. First, uh, third in offensive rating. So um, that seems like a pretty good spot to be in when it comes to when it comes to your title chances. Um, you know, I think I think why they win the title is is a relatively relatively obvious one when it comes to when it comes to the Celtics. Um, for my money, they have the the best the best two man kind of you know head to the monster. In, in the NBA right now and Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Um, it kind of starts with them and then, and it goes from, goes from there. Um, whether it's, you know, Robert Williams coming back, uh, Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench. I mean, this is a team that's so deep that Peyton Pritchard can't really get consistent minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's the, a solid like rotation piece on a playoff team, just not the Celtics. Right. I mean, was a solid rotation piece on this playoff team last year and and can't really crack crack the lineup um so i you know i don't really have anything any sweeping declarations about why um they're just they're deep they're super talented um they've got a guy that can be the best player on the floor in an nba finals in jason tatum which is which is required if i'm going to pick a team to to get to the finals um or at least to win the finals maybe not maybe there are guys that can maybe there are guys that teams that can get there with guys that you know they can have two of the three best but 
Um, Jason Tatum is capable of being that guy in the finals. Doesn't really matter who's on the other side. He's capable of being the best guy in the series, which is important to me. And, um, you know, they're deep, they're, they're experienced at this point. Mm-hmm. They've, they've kind of, they kind of check all of those boxes right now. Yeah. For why it's pretty simple. They've been there. They showed us last year really since, since that, unbelievable midseason turnaround last year you know this time last year they were around a 500 team meddling um there was you know we were heading into the trade deadline and there was the talk of you know do they break up tatum and brown and a single calendar year later it's, it's just crazy how much can change you know they made a deep run into the finals uh last year and you know it was really just steph curry's brilliance and um the warriors kind of clicking on all cylinders that knocked them off it's not like the celtics necessarily were awful in the playoffs. It was just the Warriors were better or in, mm-hmm. in that finals, excuse me. Yeah. But you mentioned it. They have the alpha dog. They have the guy that can be the best player on the floor. I think Tatum's game translates perfectly to the playoffs. We saw that last year. He's only 24 years old, which is is a scary thought considering how how relevant the Celtics are going to be for quite some time, especially with J, uh, you know Jalen Brown as well. Jalen Brown and Tatum, in my opinion, are, are definitely the best duo in the league. Um, but Tatum's having the best year of his career and it's, it's really not close. You know, last year he averaged 27 a game. He's up to 31. I know scoring is kind of like All really, really wonky this year. You know, like we've never seen this many players average 30 plus. Um, but I think most importantly, like his free throw numbers are, are way up. He was at 6.2 per game last year. He's at uh, 8.7 right now. That's two and a half more free throws per game this year that he's taking. Um, just shows you that he's, you know, becoming more and more aggressive. He's adding little things to his game um, this year throughout the offseason. He did so. And, uh, you know, the, interestingly, the free throw percentage is actually up a percentage point as well. He's from 85 to 86. So he's gotten better in in really every facet of the game uh assists are still there he's averaging 8.6 rebounds a game like the guy really does it all he's a joy to watch every single night and yeah I, I think the main reason like if you had to pinpoint one thing is in the nba you have to have that kind of guy on your team to win the finals you know for sure and and he can be that guy and he has a legitimate robin in, in jalen brown uh jalen brown's averaging 27 points a game this year which is again preposterous um and they're deep. They're arguably one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in the league. Their starting five is one of the highest rated, rated starting lineups in the league. It doesn't really take much you know, to, to say or much analysis to say that they're they're great. I guess we can get into why they, they won't win the finals. And for me, it, it's a couple things. I think obviously you, you look at health with every team, but mm-hmm. I, I think the Celtics specifically – more so like you have, and I can't like knock him yet because he's been great so far this season, but Al Horford, he is 36 years old. He's played a lot of games over the course of the you know past year. The reason he was able, in my opinion, to hold up so deep into the playoffs last year is because he had, that was coming off the season where he was in Oklahoma City and they just sent him home for the whole year. So he's a little bit more arrested than he was in previous seasons. This year, he had that deep finals run into June. Um and he is 36. Now it's, you know, LeBron's what, 38. So like maybe age is just a number, but uh, he could, he could wear down. He's, he's a key, he plays a key role for them in, uh, in the rotation. Also, you know, guys got like Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams career uh, injury concern guys. Uh, it's kind of been, you know, Malcolm Brogdon just played 41 games this year. So he's, he's played the majority of, of their games, but 
he has an injury in him. Like, don't get me wrong. It, it's crazy um, what happens when you when you know. Yeah, okay, my my ankle might hurt a little bit, but it's the Celtics and not the Pacers, and we could win a finals. It's crazy how much how much more likely you are to uh, to battle through things when you feel like there's there's somewhere that you're going. Sad, sad but true point, and that kind of leads into a deeper bigger discussion about the NBA and the product they put out in the regular season as a whole. Um, I think also maybe like their defense is elite. They're top five in offensive and defensive rating, which is preposterous. So it's really hard to like nitpick things, but I would say injuries um, and maybe like if they were to go in a series against like an Embiid or Giannis, we saw last year, Giannis took them to the, to, to the brink Mm -hmm. with um, without Middleton. Like if they, go against an elite center they might struggle just because you know for robert williams as good as as a defender as he is he is he's only six nine like Embiid and Giannis are much bigger than him mm-hmm. and i i can see them physically dominating robert williams over the course of a seven game series and we saw that last year with Giannis. so those are and that that comes down to matchups and health of the other teams we always see there's injuries throughout every single playoffs so those are kind of two things that i look at but it is hard to to like nitpick things about the Celtics team. They are, they are so good. You know, it, it, it takes, it takes a lot of injuries to, and you know, they, they lost maybe the, the hardest game to watch all season and a 98, 95 game to the, to the heat the other night. And I was, you know, looking through it, you know, they had like four guys out and their starting lineup was still Robert Williams, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, um, Derek White and Peyton Pritchard. Like, and they had like four guys out. There was no, there's no Horford. There was no Brown. There was no Brogdon. There was no Marcus Smart. And that was, that's still like a completely legit starting lineup. So it, it, it would take a lot, right? Of course, now if the wrong player goes down, like it doesn't, if Jalen Brown tears an ACL, God forbid, then right. Of course. But so that, that can go without being said. Um, The only thing I'll add to that is is if those two guys have to have to exert a lot of energy on the defensive end kind of throughout the playoffs um because i kind of felt like we they ran out of gas a little bit um in the finals last year and maybe they'll get to a point where they're in such control of the east that you know tatum and brown can play 27 minutes a game for the last you know three weeks and they'll still be a one seed but you know, the, the, the main perimeter assignments on the defensive end are going to go to those two guys. And, and that's not, that's not unique to the Celtics in terms of their best two-way players, but I thought, I thought they kind of ran out of energy in the finals last year. So that will just have to, that's just going to be something I'm monitoring as well. Um, and, And just seeing what kind of energy early on is, um, they're having to exert on the other end of the floor. And the other part of that is you just need to finish series faster. They yeah. played so many games last year in the playoffs against teams that, I mean, we're talking about a heat team that was outclassed talent wise and a bucks team without Middleton. And it took way too many games to beat those two teams. Mm-hmm. So like just taking care of series, like this team is good enough. They should not play more than six games until the finals. Maybe if the Bucks are are hitting on all cylinders, but at this point, I have serious doubts about Middleton ever being back to that point. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of been doing that whole 
you know, we've just heard, oh, he's making progress over and over and over again. And it kind of gets to the point, okay, like what, what, what's wrong with him? Like what, like what's going on? Get, get through the teams you're supposed to get through. Stop losing silly games so that you can get to the finals having only played, you know, 13 games instead of closer to 20. I think another thing that I, small tidbit note, but they did lose three out of four games against the Orlando Magic this year. And if you look at the Magic, interestingly, just matchup-wise, they are a team that can match the wing presence that the Celtics offer because they have a Bancaro and a Wagner, two big wings that can defend um, and, you know, get buckets on the other end as well. Just a little interesting. I think if you come up against a team like a, a Heat or or a Milwaukee if they're firing on all cylinders, could struggle because those teams, like a Jimmy Butler, obviously a Giannis, a Middleton, a Drew, like they can offer um, some legitimate defensive issues for the Celtics. Like even like a, even like in the first round, if they played like the Knicks or something, like I think the Knicks would be a tough series for them just because they are so good defensively. Um, and, you know, I think they need to get Mitchell Robinson back uh, in, in the inside to like, actually make that series not like the Celtics wouldn't win, but like make it somewhat interesting and like challenge them a little bit, like maybe lose the game. But yeah, that, that team's stacked from top to bottom. Like we don't need to spend much more time talking about them. They they it's really just going to come down to if those guys can get it done in the Eastern Conference this year uh and eventually in the finals and and matchups. Next team I have is, is the Sixers. I don't know about you, but uh they're second in the East right now. Do you have them on your list? Uh begrudgingly, yes, I Ooh. do. Begrudgingly, I'm curious why. Begrudgingly, I'm high on this. I'm honestly high on this the Sixers team right now. Begrudgingly, because I James Harden hasn't proven to me he can be one of the two most important players on an NBA Finals team. That's yeah, that's the reason. Um, and you know, I'm big on this whole idea of I was talking about this with someone else today. This idea that we have to keep relearning lessons over and over and over again because we keep talking ourselves out of them and then back into them. It's like the Cowboys every year. Like no one should ever bet on the Cowboys to make it through the playoffs because they're going to do something dumb. They just are. And no matter how many points they beat the Bucks by, stop talking yourself into the Cowboys. Anyways, um, massive record, just catching strays on the Cowboys. Um, (laughs) Sorry if there's any Cowboys fans listening, but you're right. You are right. so, So that's where that that's why it's begrudging but you know we're talking about a team you know like the the Celtics are top 5 in offensive and defensive rating right now the the Sixers are top 7 um they're 7th in defensive rating um they're 5th in offensive rating Joel Embiid is him yeah and i believe at least it was about 24 hours ago i i haven't checked today but I think he's at this point the leading scorer in the NBA. And he's at 33.4, um, which I can like that. Double like check. That, he's like, definitely up. Yeah, he was recently. Which, and that is, and that is crazy. Um, it's, it's Luca right now, actually, by, is it Luca? Is it by literally 0.4. So they're both at, Luca's at 33.8 and Bede's at 33.4. So. So we're 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 kind of we're playing jump rope with yeah, with that yeah. title right now. That's a game to game um, thing. Yeah, but basically the leading scorer in the NBA. That's I mean, the the Harden and Bead pick and roll is virtually unstoppable, and having something to go to, no matter what, as long as both of those guys are on the floor, 
uh, offensively. Like between those two guys, you know, assuming and you know, assuming that James Harden shows up in the playoffs, which is a big if, and you know, almost leads me to saying that I don't think the Sixers can win the finals. But if those two guys are on the floor together, you can put them in a two-man game and get a good shot against pretty pretty much anybody in the NBA, and. And that's an important thing to be able to make the most out of possessions when the game slows down. Um, but it started, why can they win the finals? Because Embiid is, is that good. And, you know, even though he hasn't gone, I think, I'm, I think to a certain point, I'm past the, the can Embiid stay healthy enough in the playoffs. Um, we're kind of to the point where it's just, can he get to the Eastern conference finals more than, <laughs> more than can he stay healthy for the Eastern conference finals? Um, at least for me. And, um, you know, so it's, I'm always iffy, you know, picking a team that it has James Harden and then a guy who hasn't been able to get his team to, to the conference finals yet, regardless of how, you know, despite how good they've been, uh, the last, you know, three or four years or so, but they've got so much talent. Um, you know, Tyrese Maxey is awesome. They've got the guys, kind of those it guys that can be, you know, PJ, the PJ Tuckers of the world who can be um, really important playoff pieces. Um, Tobias Harris is having a pretty good, good year, but um, yeah, they're really good. They're really, really stacked too. It's another super, super deep team. It is a deep team and they, they're really good defensively throwing Bible on, you know, for Maxi in in clutch situations for you know defensive substitution, if 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 Thibel ever learned to shoot the ball, like he would be in a, a much bigger presence in their rotation. Unfortunately, he he is you know he's shooting thirty one percent from three, um, and he's only averaging two points a game. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Unfortunately, he can't stay on the floor. Do but anyway, defensive situations, he's good. Um, D'Anthony Melton's been great for them. Um, that was a, you know, an acquisition that we kind of said we might have been a little bit overrated, but it's been good for them. Like you said, Tobias Harris is having a good year. I think the Maxi Harris minutes are interesting, just because it feels like there's a bit of overlap there in terms of guys needing shots. Now, interestingly enough, Tobias Harris is taking uh, less shots this year. He's like it's down a full a full shot actually. He's taking a full shot less this year. Bead Harden is one of the best pick and roll duos in the entire league. Maxi shooting 40% from three on six attempts. Um, Harden is certainly evolved his game since his, uh, you know, ISO days in Houston. He's averaging 11 assists, 21 points. Um, and I, I think Embiid is that big physical bruiser that you need to have throughout the course of the playoffs. You know, he's never made it past the second round. So can he stay durable for, for all four rounds? That's remains to be the question with him. I think, you know, the times that they've gone out in the playoffs really haven't been his fault. That crazy loss to to Kawhi Leonard um, and, you know, the Ben Simmons pass against the Hawks come to mind right off the off the top of my head. But he was great in those series. And I think if you look back on those, like, Jimmy Butler era Sixers teams, it was kind of crazy that that team didn't, never made the Eastern Conference Finals. They were so good. I think we talked about that on our preview podcast. Um, but with this team, it just feels like there's more reasons why they won't win than why they will win. You got Harden in the playoffs. You got Embiid's durability um, as kind of the main ones for me. Um, and I think really it, it's it's just like staggering when you go through James Harden's his playoff resume. And I, I think that's the main reason why they won't win. It's more of a, 
I will believe it when I see it kind of like a UVA basketball. Like uh, they, they never got, well, they weren't able to get over the hump for so long, despite being a top team in in the country. And then they finally, uh, they finally did. I I think with this Sixers team, it's like, I will believe they can win the finals when they won four games in the NBA finals and are lifting a Larry O'Brien trophy. Right. Um, And even that, that UVA team was different than the all the other UVA teams. And I'm just not sure this Sixers team is different enough than all of the other Sixers teams. The other thing I'll add specifically, I'm I'm not sure there's a good enough balance in their ideal offensive lineup or their ideal defensive lineup. Because for right. the offensive end, you'd love to have Tyrese Maxey and James Harden on the floor together. But you can't like you can't win a playoff series when those two guys sharing the floor for most of the time, because you're just not going to play a good enough defense. You're just yeah. not because that's going to leave you with, because you're not going to have Thibault on the floor. Like, right. It's probably a Harden, Tucker, Harris, Embiid, Maxi lineup. Right. And like, if you're playing the Celtics, I mean, Tobias Harris is going to get one of those guys. Who's going to take the other one. Right. And the the defensive lineups like Thibel is still is still just not like we're we're playing four on five offensively. It's Tony five Allen, level. right? It's Tony Allen level. We're gonna leave you in the corner and dare you to and dare you to do something. Um, for what it's worth, in their most recent game, Thibel was two of four from the three point line. So like it doesn't need to be a ton. You just need to be able to space the floor so that Harden and Embiid have space to operate. If right. Thibault is going to be on the floor, because if he's not going to knock down shots and you can play, you know, three on, you know, play four on five kind of around that pick and roll, trying to stop that and just force Thibault to make shots and be important offensively. I'm just not sure they'd have enough offensively. So that's the, that's the specific thing for me is I'm just not sure they're any of their ideal lineups for either end of the floor um, can coexist well enough to to win a finals because it's not like they have enough two-way guys for it to for it to be optimal and going off that do you trust doc rivers to get those lineups right in the playoffs? (laughs) absolutely not exactly (laughs) and that's that's another reason why they won't win that's the third main one is doc rivers is still their head coach that's true that's true somehow some way somehow some way but this is i think this is i mean for sixers fans sake i hope this is if, if they don't make it through this is the last go around for Doc Rivers in the playoffs with this team. Because honestly, for as relevant as Joel Embiid has been like in our NBA fandom over the course of it's like been like the fast past five seasons, mm-hmm. dude hasn't made it to the conference finals. I think you can make the argument that he's probably been a top five NBA player over the course of the last at least three years, right? Yeah. And we haven't seen him at, at the highest stage. Again, like I said, a lot of that isn't his fault. But I, I would love to see Embiid playing in, in clutch in huge situations. Cause I really do think he is top three, four player in the league right now. Next team. Uh, I think it's going to be Milwaukee, right? We both have Milwaukee as a team that can win. Yep. Yeah, yep. certainly. It's Milwaukee. Uh, you know, main reasons why Giannis Giannis would go supernova again, like he did in 2021. Uh, Middleton comes back and I mean, is is healthy uh, i think he played he's been back for like two games if i'm not mistaken um yeah he 
So he played Monday and Wednesday, uh, but only 15 minutes in each game. So there's, they're certainly easing him back off that injury. Uh, and you know, he, he's been bad this year, only averaging 10 points on 37, 33% from the field. So, uh, like we saw last year, they're not going to win without Middleton at full force. And, um, there's concern around the league that we might not see that ever again. Unfortunately, he is 30 only, he's only 31. So still time, but, um, concerning there. Um, so that's, you know, going into reasons why they won't win, but they need Middleton to be himself, the Middleton that he was in, in the 21 run. Um, Drew, I, I drew is one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, but again, like this Bucks team, isn't the Bucks team that we saw in 2021. They, you know, they're great on defense, right? That's another reason that they can win the finals. Brooke Lopez, um, is one of the best defenders in the entire league. Brooke Lopez is, you know, a defensive player, defensive of the year, defensive player of the year candidate for them. Obviously, you have Giannis, who's one deep boy before. Uh, Drew Holiday is one of the better defensive guards in the league. Um, they're third in defensive rating, so they are statistically one of the best defensive teams in the league. But they're 25th in offensive rating. They're, they've been atrocious on offense, and you know, without Middleton, it's so predictable. It, it's so much easier to defend Giannis, right? For as great as Giannis is, if there's, you know, if you have to worry about, you know, Drew Holiday as your second option, it's just not the same. And then you also have guys like Grayson Allen, who I, I can't believe Grayson Allen is like still in the rotation. He was fine for the Grizzlies when they were, you know, on, in, in the play-in, uh, that those like Jaws second, third year. Mm-hmm. But Grayson Allen like just can't be a, a key piece in your rotation on a final team. I, I just firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Joe Ingles is a great addition for them. Something they really struggled with was actually like entry passes, getting on his, the ball in the paint where he can, you know, go and, cook basically uh joe joe ingles does a lot of little things like that that um certainly make them better on offense but he's not going to you know push them over the ledge they they need middleton at full strength um so as we stand here on you know january 26 i just feel like there's more questions than answers or more reasons why they won't win than why they will win right now yeah it's way more intriguing to talk about why they won't win than why they will win because the answer to why they will win is because they have maybe the best player on the planet in Giannis. Um, so, um, do you know where the, the bucks rank in the offensive rating right now? 25th. I, I just said it. Did you? I yeah. That. Sorry. I was too busy looking. It's okay. Um, I was too busy looking at <laughs> looking up the stat on my own to pay attention. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's going to have to get better. That's going to have to get better. That's a and, bus- <laughs> yeah. Like they're in, they're in the class of. I mean, you- like the only real basketball team that's trying to win games below them is the heat. And then it's Detroit, San Antonio, Houston, and Charlotte. Interesting. <laughs> like those, the Clippers are twenty fourth. The Clippers are twenty fourth. There's, I think, I think there are some reasons beyond. I think the the reasons that those two teams kind of share a similar spot are are different. That's um, I think the Clippers are more in a they haven't been able to get on the floor together yeah. thing, um, and like Kawhi's been really really good as of late. Um, but I mean, we might talk about them later, so I'll, I'll leave them there for now, but yeah, they need to do, they need to do something, um, to enhance their offensive prowess. Um, I'm just not totally sure, you know, because of that drew holiday trade, there's just only so much that the bucks can do because they don't have a ton of draft capital. 
Um, they gave up so much to get Drew Holiday, and it resulted in a title, so like worth it. But you know, is Jay Crowder really gonna change your finals? Your your finals like what about what about like a bogey? Uh, or I I don't Bo, Bojan Bogdanovich from from Detroit. Dude is a flamethrower from behind the arc, and if if Middleton's not going to be himself, like that, that's a good a scoring addition at least. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, and, and I don't know off the top of my head exactly what the Bucks have from a draft capital perspective, but like, if I'm Detroit, I know exactly how much that dude is worth. Like, I'm not totally sure the Bucks have enough to get that dude. And they got him um, for like four years. So team friendly deal. Yeah. Um, so he's got a lot of value and there are going to be a lot of teams calling the Pistons as we get closer to the trade deadline to see, to kind of test the waters on him. So, um, but like, you know, the other possibilities, you know, guys like Doug McDermott and, you know, that's what we're talking about. Maybe Jordan Clarkson would be the, but like, again, Jordan Clarkson is, I mean, the jazz have all the leverage there and, um, you know, it might take you overpaying for Jordan Clarkson and, when you know in this conversation about like yeah you know Giannis is still in his prime but Middleton and Holiday are like the the timelines match up well enough but you know those two guys are still older older guys and you know it's worth we we don't know how much longer we have with this era of the Bucks so unless you're absolutely sure that getting a guy like Jordan Clarkson and maybe slightly overpaying for him is going to get you over the hump. Um, I'm not totally sure it's worth making that move to, to, you know, limit even your already limited future in terms of mobility. Yeah. I, I think maybe like a, a buddy healed from Indiana. Yeah. He's a guy that was in trade rumors for, so long with the Lakers heading into the season, even, you know, prior for the past few seasons. So that could be an option for them. They, they just need shooting. Uh, they mm-hmm. need scorers around Giannis. It really doesn't take a ton to win with a player as good as Giannis, uh, but it's just not clicking for them right now, especially obviously offensively. And um, in terms of like three point percentage, 16th in the league, they're right in the middle of the pack. So um they're, I, I think you, if you really like layman's term, why the Bucks win or why they don't win, they're great on defense, but they suck on offense. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, offense is more important because scoring more points is going to win you more games. Um, okay. And you know, they they had they're another team though, like you mentioned the Clippers, they haven't been at full strength. It's just a question of do they get back to full strength? Because uh, you know, it's almost February and it takes at least a solid month of playing together before the playoffs, in my opinion, to to be fully ready for, you know, a deep run into June. So and I know they've done it before, um, but Chris Middleton needs some minutes, some reps off coming off this injury. Now, he's been back this week, so hopefully he can stay healthy as they ease him back into the rotation. And maybe we see them shoot up the, you know, the offensive rankings and then they're right in it. But right now they're they're I think in my opinion, they're firmly behind Boston without a doubt. And um I think they're behind Philly as well. Um but I wouldn't be shocked if like they beat Philly in the series if they play the seven game series right now. So agreed. Next team on my list that I think can win the NBA championship, the Brooklyn Nets. They so we were extremely high on them 
heading into the season in our preview podcast, and it got off to the worst possible start. Uh, and, and it was looking, it was looking real bad. Now they've, they've turned it around significantly since that. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for our sake, Kevin Durant's having an MVP type season. Unfortunately, he's on the shelf right now uh, with that injury, but you know, the Nets are still 29 and 18. They're fourth in the, in the Eastern conference, five games back of, of the Celtics. Um, Why they will win Kevin Durant fully healthy can be one of the best players, if not the best player in the league can absolutely be the best player in a playoff series. He is uh, one of the best scorers in the league. One of the best scorers arguably of all time. And he, you know, they were so close in 2021, right? Foot on the line for Kevin Durant. And um, yeah, I, I think Durant and the fact that they have so much shooting around him, a, a Joe Harris, a Kyrie, uh, a Utah, Wata- w- Wana- I can never say that guy's name. Like Bill Simmons has guys names that he can't say. Watanabe. Utah Watanabe is like actually one of the better shooters in the league. Dude's kind of a bucket off the bench. And Mm -hmm. and it doesn't take much to surround Kevin Durant to affect winning. It's really, it's really not that hard. And I also have been really intrigued with the addition of Nick Claxton. Uh, Not the addition, but the, just the fact that he's playing a, a serious role for this team, he's in the running. He's not going to win, but he's in the running for defensive player of the year. He's a block machine. I do worry about like his size against uh, a like a Joel Embiid Giannis in, in a series like that. But you know, mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with. Him. I've honestly been impressed with watching the Nets. They're a lot of fun. Uh, they also have like Patty Mills, T.J. Warren. Like they're another one of those teams that's like low key kind of deep. Now, obviously, there's there's so many questions around this team. Kyrie hasn't had anything you know major come up since that incident in, in the fall um but i worry about that obviously I worry about kevin durant's health i worry about ben simmons obviously uh it, it's so it's so bizarre watching the nets because obviously he he's not an offensive threat but he's one of their he's probably their best defender right outside of claxton but like dude doesn't really play down the stretch i it, it's it's kind of baffling to me. Like I know I know maybe they're scared of like a hack of Ben Simmons type thing, but you would think you'd want your best defensive player out there in your closing minutes. That's weird uh, to monitor, but I, I still think this team can absolutely win. I I guess we haven't talked about. It. Are they on your list as a team that can win? I kind of grouped them and the Sixers together because. I'm kind of going against my instincts by putting either of them on the list, but I decided to put both of them on the list instead of neither of them. Um, because basically the reason I wouldn't put them on the list is the same reason I wouldn't put the Sixers on the list, but I decided to put Sixers on there. So I threw the nets in here as well. Um, and, and for no other reason other than I just think Kevin Durant is that good. Like, like as long as Kyrie, you know, for the first time ever goes like a whole six months. Cause like at this point it would take him going like six or seven months without a, an incident. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that seems unlikely, but as long as Kevin Durant comes back and when he's healthy is in the same form he has been this year, like that dude is good enough to take this team to the finals. Um, Like you said, Am I worried about Ben Simmons? Yes. I mean, how much do I buy into 
the fact that they're eighth in defensive rating, I'm not really sure because, like I said, if Ben Simmons is going to be a hack of Ben and he's going to be useless on the offensive end, like at some point you got to take that guy out of the game. Um, but Kevin Durant is a historically underrated defender. Um, Royce O'Neal will compete on that end of the floor. Of course, Nick's Cla- Nick Claxton's kind of the the anchor in the middle. Um, O'Neal had a huge shot in that Lakers game the other night. He did. He did. Um, so like if Simmons, if Simmons can be an important part of the playoff run, then the chances I like even more because as long as he can be on the floor to play defense more than anything else, that is, that's really important because if he's not, then like, I would really rather not Kevin Durant have to guard like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown in a playoff series for, you know, six or seven games. And if Ben Simmons is going to be there, he probably he probably wouldn't. At least it wouldn't have to be like the main guy. You kind of like rotate. You know, of course, Ben Simmons would get one of them, and then you kind of rotate your Royce O'Neals and Kevin Durant, and kind of and kind of show someone different looks. But if if Ben Simmons can't stay on the floor late in games because people are just hacking him and he can't make free throws, then then that's super concerning. But KD is is that good, and if he's healthy good enough to to get them pretty far yeah and you know we saw them get cooked against boston swept in the out of the playoffs last year so i think a lot of it is matchups with them uh you know if they match up with like a celtics or a bucks i i don't really even a philly like it's it it's tough because they don't have that physical bruiser nick claxton is again great defensively but he is, he's like a stick. He's more of like a Jaron Jackson Jr. than a Joel Embiid type of defender. I worry about that. I, I think now there's not really like a ton of centers on the trade market. But if they went out and got like a Jakob Pertle even, like that's some size rim protection that I think would go a long way in a playoff series. Or, you know, Miles Turner's obviously that top guy. I don't really think they have enough assets to go out and get him. Why not? But like a Jakob Pertle as a as a second option as a center, even like a Kelly Olynyk from Utah, I think would be a good addition for them. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, perennially one, my least favorite player in the NBA. I don't know why dude, <laughs> looking at that dude annoys me. Or or even like a Mason Plumley from Charlotte, like some type of interior presence. And I know, I I guess physical bruising interior presence. Not that Plumley's a bruiser, but he's he's thicker than Claxton. I think that's they they need some of that on, on their team, but. They're exactly eighth in offensive and defensive rating. So that bodes well. I think a lot of the that defensive rating is is in due is due to Claxton. Mm-hmm. But I want to see Ben Simmons on the floor in, in these clutch situations because you're gonna need uh some some perimeter defense, right? And he offers that. Claxton obviously doesn't, and he can get cooked off switches. So um I'll worry about that. But I, oh, go ahead. The Nets, they they it's going to require a lot of guys doing something they haven't done recently or ever before for them to win a finals. Um, it's going to involve Ben Simmons coming out of this. I'm afraid to be made fun of for missing free throws. So I don't want to get fouled phase. Um, it's going to require Kyrie Irving to go in a, a very long stretch for him without, you know, misbehaving. And like, those are two massive things that have to go right. And smart money probably tells you to not bet on those things happening 
at the end of the day. And speaking of betting, it's crazy. They're second on DraftKings in terms of odds to win the championship. First is Boston at plus 350. Second is the Nets at plus 600. And they've been like at the top of the odds charts over the past of the course, ever since Kevin Durant came there and mm-hmm. they haven't really gotten close. And I don't necessarily think they're like that much closer this year than they have been in previous years. They're just such a public team on the betting apps for some reason. I, don't, I honestly, at this point, I don't know why, um, but interesting. Nonetheless, I'll be curious to see what Kevin Durant looks like coming back off that injury. Um, but I, I did, I had to include them as a team that can win. I mean, I'm curious. Do you have any other teams in the East? I do not. I got really close to putting Cleveland on this list, though. Okay. Do you have Cleveland on the list? I do not have Cleveland on the list. We can talk through why we didn't put them on the list. I have my reservations about... Like, I like I just have a really hard time getting there with a backcourt that small. And, and I know that Evan Mobley is capable of... Like, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are spectacular and... You know, Isaac Okoro is a good defender, but like Okoro is also on that list of can you give me enough offensively to really play in the most important moments of, of an NBA playoff series? Of course, dude, um, hit like five threes in the game against the Grizzlies that we ended up winning, yeah. but like yeah. dude was cooking from behind the arc. I'm like, where did this come from? And he's actually yeah. been stroking it decently. Pause lately, but um, <laughs> um yeah, you know, I I in in a perimeter wing dominated league at this point. Um and maybe that's not quite as true as people like to think that it is, is, you know, all of the best players on these teams are, you know, seven footers. Um, But like, if they went out at the deadline and got somebody that moves the needle to be kind of that, that fourth guy, that fifth guy in between Garland Mitchell and then Allen and Mobley, if they got somebody else right there, like Lamar, Lamar Stevens is fine. Isaac Kokoro is fine. But I need the guy who, in theory, is going to be guarding, you know, Jason Tatum to be better than fine um, <laughs> before I put them on that list. And also, I just kind of have a block with, I mean, I until I until they prove that they are not. And of course, the interior presence is different than the than the Blazers. But I said this in the preseason and I still believe it that when someone shows me that they can go deep in the playoffs with a backcourt that's in the same, like, you know, Dame and CJ McCollum, Darius Garland and Dave and, and Donovan Mitchell, you know, category, then, then I'll, I'll happily be wrong, but uh, small guards get beat up in the playoffs and guards aren't exactly huge. And Mobley and Allen are amazing together defensively, but the, the Cavs can run out lineups in the playoffs I mean, their starting lineup where they have three non-shooters in Okoro, Mobley, and Allen. Now, Mobley, I think, will get better as a shooter, but he's still in his second year. He's he's very young. He's still refining and developing his game. Allen can't shoot. Allen's very um, – Allen is outstanding defensively when Mobley's off the floor. Um, but, like, I, I worry about that team offensively. If they're going to, like, make a run, they're going to need Mitchell to carry them. And I, I mean, like, sure, he's he's like one of the actually like statistically one of the best playoff performers in in recent NBA history. I just don't see him carrying them for four straight rounds. Um, I honestly can see this team getting upset in the first round more than I can see them making it to the finals. Just because you kind of hit on it, small guards, uh, their backcourt, 
you know, that uh, the reason their defensive rating is so high is because of Mobley and Allen. It's not because of Darius Garland and, and uh, Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell has been more actively defense, active defensively than he was last year, especially in the playoffs. But again, he, if he puts a, a shit ton of energy on the defensive end, he's going to be, he's going to be gas on the offensive end in the playoffs. So it's kind of a give or take with him. Yeah. And you know, so one of these five teams that we've talked about, some of somebody has to not get home court advantage in the first round and maybe it's somebody else, but right now my money would be on Cleveland to be that team. That's kind of the odd man out and is, doesn't have home court at any point in the playoffs. So, I mean, assuming that the teams that are supposed to win, win, but if I had to bet on one of these teams to be the five seed and not have home court advantage in the first round, it would probably be Cleveland right now. And those things I think matter as well. And they don't necessarily have a ton of playoff experience. Obviously Mitchell's been there, um, but like Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, even like a Jared Allen really haven't had deep playoff runs. Uh, So they, this team as a collective hasn't gotten playoff scars yet. And I think that's another huge reason that they won't, uh, they won't win. I actually have one more team in the East and it's a bit of a flyer, but uh, the heat, I just have such an issue of writing this team off for as bad as it's looked in stretches this season. They're all the way up to sixth in the East, uh, seven and three in their last 10, 27 and 22 overall. They're only three games out of home court advantage and they can legitimately push for home court advantage just with the nets being so banged up right now. Um, they'd have to beat out the Cavs, um, a team that I'm clearly not high on. But the main reason is I'm terrified betting against Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler is, for whatever he is in the regular season, he's just different in the playoffs. Uh, they don't turn the ball over, you know, heat culture. They do the little things well at all times. Uh, mm-hmm. Fifth in the, fifth least turnovers in the league. Um, now, things I worry about, obviously, like three-point shooting, their fourth worst in three-point percentage at 33%. Duncan Robinson just hasn't been the same since he signed that contract, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, for them. And, you know, their best three-point shooter is Caleb Martin. Um, so worry about that. Tyler Hero needs to be legitimate. Obviously, the question about Kyle Lowry, they're probably going to move him at the deadline. I hope they do for his sake. And that could be one of those trades where it benefits both teams. Um, but the main reason I had to just throw them on there as a team that could theoretically still make it is because of of Jimmy Butler. And it's just hard to to write them off. I think the front office is more likely to go for it than they are to blow it up. Obviously they have, you know, guys like Bam Adebayo, best one of the better defensive players in the league. Um, like just feels like this organization is so single focused and winning obviously Pat mm-hmm. Riley at the helm that they can make some moves to, to adjust their roster at the deadline. And they're one of those teams that doesn't like, they're kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays. Like they don't need a ton of, big names they just kind of like, at least in terms of their ro- like the rotation around their star players and jimmy butler and bam that might be guys you haven't really heard of but it's it's heat culture man like they can do it they were a shot away from being in the nba finals last year for as crazy as it sounds they were right there they were going toe-to-toe with the boston celtics every single game in that series was awful until like the last two minutes um i don't know just kind of an interesting memory from that series, but I, I, I just can't, it's hard. It's hard to write Jimmy Butler off until he's finally out. Like I like, I got so much respect for that guy, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to play Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. I think at some point they'll just get outclassed talent-wise. Um, like if Kyle Lowry is the starting point guard, that's a non-starter for me. I don't, I'm not all – I'm I, I, I'm not really going to entertain the idea if, if someone better than Kyle Lowry isn't starting a point guard because that guy is – you know, he's had a great career, but you cannot win a title with Kyle Lowry being your starting point guard at this point. And it's not like there's somebody on the roster that's like, you know, that's the guy – Right. That's the guy, you know, he comes in off the bench now, you know, it's, you can move Lowry to the bench. Maybe you just move him period. And you have this guy off the bench that you could put into the starting lineup and feel fine about it. You know, like a TJ McConnell type, um, just saw, you know, a Tyus Jones type of, of backup guard that you can put in there. And while it might not be ideal, you, you don't feel horrible about it. I mean, I mean, Gabe Vincent, if you want to, but but right. that's that's not exactly what I'd feel great about. There was a trade rumor a couple of weeks ago. It was centered around, and there were obviously different uh, pieces around the trade, but it was centered around D'Lo to Miami for Kyle Lowry, um, which would bring, for whatever Kyle Lowry is, he would bring a veteran stabling presence to that, Timberwolves locker room that's desperately needed and D'Lo would child's locker room to that yes. fifth grade locker room that's yes and D'Lo for again whatever he is will bring at least some three-point shooting and more of a perimeter threat a, a, a younger body to the the heat that they don't have at point guard right now so I don't know I mean will they win probably not but I just can't write them off until they finally lose so move to the yeah, West. Let's move to the West. I only have three teams that I think can make it out of the West. Three. Yeah, I got three. Interesting. We'll start with Denver. We definitely both have them. Denver's Why they will win, I think it's it's pretty obvious. They have the best player in the league. He's going to probably win three straight MVPs. He makes everybody better in a way that we haven't seen in, in quite some time. Um so they have Jokic, obviously, but you also have like guys like Aaron Gordon playing the best, you know, basketball of his career. He's averaging like 17 points a game, uh, has a legitimate case to be an all-star this year um, for all the things he does around Jokic. He's a great secondary passer. He facilitates others while cutting to the rim and catching lobs, etc. He is finally fulfilling his potential, and it's great to see. And obviously, a lot of that is is due to Jokic. Um, also have MPJ elite. I wouldn't say elite wing presence at this point, but he is a great wing presence for them. Um, and he could win you a playoff game. He, he can absolutely win you a playoff game, drop you 35 or 40. Um, he's shooting right now 40% from three on seven attempts. So that's, you know, he's the best three point shooter. Um, they're deep. Jamal Murray's coming off injury. He's, he said in you know post-game stuff that he's not where he wants to be yet, but he's getting there. His numbers are slightly down from last year. Um, but if you have a fully healthy Murray, we've seen him go absolutely crazy in the playoffs. If you have a fully healthy Murray and um, Jokic with MPJ and like even a Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, they're deep. Zeke Nagy playing backup center for them. Uh, Christian Braun out of Kansas. I really liked what I've seen from him so far this year. This team is 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 loaded. And they're they're good at everything you need to like to win a playoff series. They have great defense. Uh, Aaron Gordon can guard all five positions. Uh, jo- Jokic isn't a, a 
he's not a bad defender. He's not a great defender. He's an average defender, I would say. Um, so maybe that's a weakness. But when you have a guy like uh, Aaron Gordon that can guard all five positions, that's that's a key piece for them. Even like a Bruce Brown, another Swiss Army knife. Uh, th- this team is is loaded. And it's been frustrating as a Grizzlies fan because we can't, you know, we've lost four straight now. We'll get into them later, but we, we just haven't been able to catch up to Denver because they just don't lose games. And, and it might not be pretty. It might not be necessarily super fun to watch. Obviously, Jokic is super fun to watch. They just don't get a ton of attention nationally. Um, but obviously, you know, this is the the formidable, honestly, favorite in, in, the, in the West right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Jokic is just an absolutely ridiculous basketball player like that guy is that guy is crazy you know it's it's a little concerning how uninspiring they are without him and and i'm not really interested in the whole well if he gets hurt well like of course if everybody's best player gets hurt then right. their their chances of winning the finals basically go out the window but like if somebody in a series where they get to game plan for him over and over and over again unlocks something um you know i think the like jaron jackson jr is a is like about as good of a now part of me just thinks that Jokic would just get him to commit three fouls in the first four minutes of every game (laughs) um but yeah yeah we'll get to that later trust me uh, um but he uh, he's super super he's crazy like you know I've heard people say this kind of thing on other podcasts, but it just seems like he's toying with the NBA at this point. He's just kind of bored of, of playing the way that's optimal. And he'll just be like, I'll just throw it. I'll just dish out 25 assists tonight. Yeah. Um, but so of course it starts with that. Um, I, I, I have hesitations about or my hesitations will start with like, can Murray be good enough? Can he get back to that point where he's good enough um, like late in games? And kind of, you know, he was he was that dude in the ball series when he and Don Mitchell kind of went toe-to-toe. And I think that he will need to continue to improve. Um, as good as Jokic is, if, if Murray isn't playing at a really, really high level, I'm, nobody's going to be able to do enough to carry a team to a finals. But um, when you have a guy that's that good, you certainly you certainly can win a title with the with the guys they have around them. Yeah, absolutely, and it'll be it'll be fun because we haven't seen them healthy in the playoffs for two 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 runs last you know two runs now. Last year, Murray was out with that ACL. The year before, he was out with that ACL uh, as well. He missed a lot of time with that ACL. Uh, interesting, yes, but. For Jokic's two MVP seasons, we didn't really get to see him on a legitimate contender just due to injury. So I hope for their sake that they're at full strength, unless they're playing the Grizzlies. <laughs> Actually, I want them to be at full strength of playing the Grizzlies too. I want to beat teams that are at full strength. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the best player in the league with a full strength team in the playoffs for the really the first time because when he was in the bubble for you know they made the run to the Western Conference Finals, they weren't at full or uh, he wasn't the MVP of the league. So. Uh, obviously the reasons why they will win are, are, are there, but there are certainly reasons why they won't win. I think there's more questions around the one seed in the West and the Nuggets than the Celtics in the East, the one seed. Uh, the main one for me being 
they lack a legitimate three-point threat in the sense that now I know they have MPJ who's shooting 40%, but they only have one guy taking over six threes a game, and that is Michael Porter Jr. at 6.7. Bones Highlands at 5.9. So really two. The Warriors, for example, the 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 best three-point shooting team in the league, they have four. So um, if you're down late, down six, down eight points late, and you really need guys to go out and get you a three, uh, it's going to, you know, be doubles on MPJ and Bones Highland is a bench guy. Um, So uh, they need, in my opinion, maybe one more shooter go out and get like, uh, if they went out and get like a buddy healed, that would, that would be a scary thought to me. Um, Or even like a Malik Beasley from Utah. I think that's guys that they can go out and get. Um, So three point shooting is something that I is a minor worry um, for me, they're, they are average defensively 15th, I believe in defensive rating. So that is a, a question mark for me around them. Um, and I can see them struggling in a series against like a golden state again, just because their perimeter defense, in my opinion, is, is questionable with, uh, you know, like a bones Highland and Jamal Murray on the, on the perimeter is, uh, you know, a lot different than even like a Dylan Brooks throwing out there. Um, so I, I worry about them a little bit defensively and um, their three-point shooting are the two two things there. But honestly, I, I, right now, they're, they're my pick to make it out of the West. They are. Well, mostly because of Jokic. Um, you know, even if they were the third best team in the West right now in terms of record, um, I think Jokic is that good. That that, that That's a pretty safe bet. Um, defense and three-point shooting being the two things that are iffy is not the best place to be when it comes to an NBA finals yeah. run. Um, you, there are other places you'd rather, you'd rather you'd have some, some weaknesses and they don't have any massive, massive weaknesses, but you'd rather them be things other than, other than that. But Maybe. they're really, they're really, really good. And all of those guys are, they just get so much better when Jokic is on the floor, which is important as well. Maybe they could upgrade at like the DeAndre Jordan spot. He's playing 14 minutes a game. Uh, they've been running out since Jokic was out the past game or so. They've been running Zeke Nanji starting wise. So, uh, you know, it's like a second or third year guy. Maybe he's filling those minutes for them, but uh, maybe like those non Jokic minutes are, are certainly a big question mark for them. Um, for sure. That's another reason. But, you know, in my opinion, I expect Jokic in the playoffs to play like 40 minutes a game. So I don't know if that's going to be like too big of an issue for them come the playoffs, but we shall see. Is Let's he talk- actually hurt? Is he actually hurt or does, is it just load? It was like, it was like not, it was like knee soreness or something like that. Like okay. just so load management. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And he's know. durable, man. He's really, really durable. He's one of those. He's one of the few stars in the league that I have zero worries about him being healthy. I mean, of course yeah. he could get hurt, but. Very rarely do you hear somebody talk about Jokic in a well as long as he stays healthy. I mean that guy's just always healthy. And it's funny because he looks like he's hobbled at all times. He looks like he's in pain running up and down the floor, but he's he's good. He doesn't exert a ton but, of energy. But how how close he plays to the floor and how durable he is, that's not a coincidence. Yeah. And I think that's honestly something that um can go a long way. Maybe some some players should take a take a what is it? What is the page out of his book? That's the phrase I was looking for. All right, let's talk Grizzlies. I think we both have them as a team that can win the championship. Yeah. 
since I watch every single Grizzlies game, I have more reasons why they won't win the championship than why they will win the championship. We're currently on a four-game losing streak. Uh, we were on an 11-game winning streak. Weak schedule, but I, I texted you like a screenshot, screen grab of like their, their upcoming road trip. Like how many games do we win or what's our record? And we're like, yeah, yeah, like four and one, maybe five and oh, maybe three and two. Well, we're 0 and four. Uh, we're 0 and four. We lost to the Suns, lost to the Kings, lost to the Warriors on a, on a last second shot last night. Um, why? I, I'll let you take the floor and we can start on. I think we'll have a brief discussion on why they will win. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's relatively brief. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, every time I watch them play a good team, I, I kind of start to lean more the other direction. Um, I think like all of the reasons that they could win a title, almost all of them rely on the personnel being different in the finals mm. um they could win the finals because jaw's spectacular because jaron's the best defense player in the nba and but and you know desmond bain is is awesome and they have they have like eight or nine really like quality nba players um and they just kind of seem to keep doing that over and over and over again but i mean you saw last night that maybe not all of them are actually should actually be playing real minutes against real basketball teams in the playoffs. I mean, Zaire um, Williams, which every team, bro. like we're looking at you right now. Like there's no way we're going to win the finals. If Zaire Williams is a legitimate piece in a rotation, it's just not happening, bro. It's not going to happen. And like Aldama is a really nice piece. And He's John Conchar is a really nice, really nice piece. But like, there are ways this year, and I and I hope that Aldama makes it through the deadline still on the team. But there are ways if you're trying to go after it this year. Those are kind of some of the places that you're looking at to kind of upgrade when it comes to those minutes. Um, and like Dylan Brooks can shoot you out of a playoff series. He can, <laughs> especially if you're not healthy. And that's and that's one of those things that that can be scary that if, you know, somebody is out for a game, like that's when Dylan Brooks takes it upon himself to take 26 shots. Yeah. And, and that can, that cannot be, that, that would not be good for, for the Grizzlies chances of winning finals. Um, they need a grown up. Do you have anything else on why they will win the finals? Mostly just jaw brilliance. Desmond Bain gets hot and mm. Jaren, Stays out of foul trouble, Jaron. Yeah. Jaron, um, and, and also we are the best offensive rebounding team in the league. All that's due to Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can stay on the floor, we saw him get pushed out of the out of the rotation against Minnesota last year. But if he can stay on the floor in in a playoff series, uh, the guy generates so many extra possessions for us. Uh, which I, I unfortunately I just don't know how he holds up in a playoff series because if you go small ball he he really can't be on the floor and like teams that we're gonna have to beat like the Warriors even the Kings mm-hmm. uh, that have amazing perimeter shooting uh, I see him getting played off the floor so <laughs> ironically ironically the Timberwolves made a move that would actually keep Stephen Adams on the floor more in the exactly series. exactly yeah that's what that was my thought process exactly if we actually ended up playing the Wolves again. Yeah, yeah. I actually feel better about that series this year than I did last year. Exactly. I was terrified about that series. Nonetheless, 
offensive rebounding is great. Our, we are we have the best defensive rating in the league. I don't know how much I buy it if we're being honest. Um, but great defensively. Jai carries us, and Bain is a legitimate Chris Middleton 2021 second option on yeah. the perimeter. But I think there's again we can get into the reason why we won't win. Um they need to grow up a little. Yeah. Like there needs to be a guy that's actually impacting winning that has a veteran voice in the locker room. Like I'm sure they respect Danny Green, but like subconsciously a guy that hasn't played yet just has less of a voice in the locker room than a guy who is whether he's starting or he's coming off the bench and playing six man type minutes, whatever it might be, seventh man type minutes. They 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 could use a little bit of of growing up. Um, they're a very emotional team, and the, and teams that aren't phased in the playoffs are typically the ones that do the best. And especially if you're going to have to beat a team like the Warriors or you know, and I you know I don't I'm not sure the Nuggets are going to be pushing your buttons, but the Warriors will push your buttons. The Timberwolves will push your buttons the suns seem to hate them um, everyone hates us ever since john made those comments about we don't have any issues in the west it seems like we're getting everybody's best effort on an, on a nightly yeah. basis funny how that happens yeah. um that, that's part of it i also my my biggest reason why the grizzlies won't win the title is because late in games their offense is jaw. You try to go past some guy and jump up in the air and hopefully you make the right decision. That is the only thing that happens for the Grizzlies in the last three minutes of every single close game. Yeah. Now, is there anybody in the NBA that can stay in front of John Morant? N- no, I don't think so to a certain extent, but like he also can be guilty of jumping in the air and not, it doesn't seem that he knows what he's going to do with it before he jumps in the air. And you just have to be more multidimensional than that late in playoff games. I would love to be able to get somebody else who can try. Desmond Bain is really good in the middle of a game. A really, a really nice playmaker, especially when Jaws not on the floor. But when it comes late in game, it's not like Bain is sizing up high with an off the dribble move and hitting a step back jumper. Right. Um, it's just not something that he's doing. So I am, I'm a little worried about that. And, and like, I just feel like they need to be, they need to get better looks on more offensive possessions, like their title chances. I agree on all that wholeheartedly. I think a lot of times jaw jumps up in the air and is maybe a little bit surprised that he's not able to, you know, absolutely yam it on the center's head. And he's like, oh shit, what do I do now? I, like some of these passes he makes, it's like, he's like, his foot is about to hit the ground as he jumps 10 feet in the air because he thought he was going to be able to posterize the guy. And he's like, oh, I got a pass now because right. uh, I don't have a shot at a layup. And I think you can, Minnesota did a great job on him defensively in that series last year. They really limited him. Like there are ways to slow him down in the playoffs. His jumper really hasn't gotten much better. You still don't really have to honor that. That was something that we consistently wanted him to improve. Um, that's a concern. I think the single biggest reason why we won't win or the single biggest reason why we would win and why we wouldn't win, or basically our X factor is Jaron Jackson Jr. If Jaron is out of foul trouble, 
and plays like the block Panther that we call him, if he's one of the best defensive players in the league, if he can, if he continues to do that in the playoffs, we have a legitimate chance to win. But if he gets stuck in his old ways, three fouls in the first quarter, gets played off the floor, we're screwed. It's really simple. It, it Our season hinges on Jaron Jackson Jr. For as crazy as that sounds, because Jaw is still going to be able to go out and get you 28 to 30 points in a playoff series. He just is. Now, again, it might clog down in the last three minutes of the game, but dude, can he'll get you 28 and, and, and 10 in a playoff series. It, it all comes down to Jaron Jackson Jr. in my opinion. But our in terms of our rotation pieces, we have so much good young talent draft capital guys that we've hit on the draft that we need to cash in on some of it at least. I will be very annoyed if we don't at least make one move at the trade deadline because you just can't waste years where Jaw's still on his rookie deal, man. That extension is going to kick in here next year. I believe it's next year. So then your cap situation is so much different than it is now. Like we have a chance. Why we didn't do anything last year at the deadline. A lot of that I think had to do around the chemistry and, and, and the tight knit team. And also it was like really our first breakout season. We were the two seed. This is our second year where we've been in the top of the West. Like, let's cash in our chips. We have a chance to actually do this thing. The West is still wide open. I want to see Kleiman make a a move, make some type of move. I know it's been a huge debate in Grizzlies, Twitter spaces, fandom, you know, blogs, all that stuff is there's the camp that doesn't want to make a trade and trust climbing all these young guys. And there's the camp that thinks we should make a trade. I'm firmly in the camp that when you have a chance to win a championship, you make the damn trade. You go out and get somebody that can affect winning. And I think of a guy like a Kyle Kuzma. I don't know if we get him, but that would be a dream trade for me. Even like a, a even like a buddy healed. Or a, a Sadiq Bay is a guy that might get moved this year from Detroit. Love Sadiq Bay. Love uh, Sadiq Bay. I think those would be great moves. And I think we get could get Sadiq Bay at a good price. Grizzlies fans need to grow up. Like it's yeah. it's just this is and, and right there's this this ebb and flow between are you more likely to win a title the way the Lakers did it and go out and bring everybody in or more likely to do it the way that the Warriors did it. And the dangerous thing about the Warriors is that people like in this conversation don't seem to give the Warriors the credit that they deserve from like what they stumbled onto. Like Jaw is spectacular. Steph is one of the 10 best players of all time. Mm -hmm. Desmond Bain is awesome. Klay Thompson is one of the three best shooters of all time. Jared Jackson Jr. is awesome. Draymond Green is one of the best defenders of all time, right? They stumbled upon three guys that are either all-time period or all-time in what they do. And maybe we get to the point where some of these Grizzlies guys are that as well. But that is not where we are right now. And the reality of the situation is, you know, the Bucks, the thing that they did to win a title is they went out and paid for Drew Holiday. They would not have won that title if they did not go out and pay for Drew Holiday. And... Whether whether Grizzlies fans are ready to hear it or not, this team's probably not good enough to win a title in its current construction. And I don't know about you, but I'm not sure there's anybody on this roster that is going to become something that they aren't already that will push them over that edge. Maybe I'm wrong. 
And, and I understand as somebody who has a deep love and connection with the Memphis Grizzlies and people who like and players who like to be in Memphis, I get it. I understand why nobody wants to trade Dylan Brooks. And I understand why, why the, 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 the love and connection with the team, like I get it. I promise I get it. But if you really want to win a title, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And and I think that we might just be running into the same wall until Kleinman and company decide to actually pull the trigger. And to your point, like this is Jaws Patrick Mahomes on a rookie QB contract year. Like, like we're running out of time here before things get a lot more interesting. And you might just players might just move on out of money reasons. Right. Um, so take advantage of it. Like the window the window you don't know when the window is going to be open or when it's going to close right i mean what if Jokic tweaks an ankle in the second round what if what if Giannis has a shoulder thing on the other side of the bracket or tatum you know sprains his knee like like that's all like the grizzlies are that close so you have to be ready to capitalize and um and i'm in agreement with you i think that involves making a trade and it it takes that cutthroat trade getting rid of some of these young players that fans have maybe grown accustomed to like but at the end of the day we're not going to win a championship this season with Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama and even a John Conchar being huge key rotation pieces it's just not going to happen i'm sorry Zaire Williams I, I don't know what his trade value is at this point. Now I'm I'm happy for Aldama. He's certainly increased his trade value this year, but we're not winning a championship with him on our roster. And something that the Grizzlies were playing key minutes for us, and something that Grizzlies fans need to realize is, you know, it's fun and good to be in. You know, we're not used to being in like the conversations of teams that can actually win a championship. But this is the second year that we've been there, right? You don't want to become the Oklahoma City Thunder of the 2010s, where it's like this young and up and coming team, man. They're gonna one day they're gonna become a dynasty. Look what happened. One finals appearance. They won one game. Go ask Thunder fans what they think of that era of Thunder teams. So much what could have been. And we don't want to become the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? So we absolutely have to go out and make a move and capitalize on every single year that we have John Moran because. At the end of the day, he is one of the best 10 players in the league. He could want to leave us if, if, if on the drop of a dime. We don't know. We can't predict his behavior. You know, he's still on his rookie deal, so things can change in the future. We have to actually take advantage of what we have now. Don't take a single year for granted. Don't take, you know, we're with the big boys now, right? If, if you want to win with the big boys, you got to do moves. You know, you can't be like, well, what if we got to watch Zaire develop, man? In three years, he could be a legit. I don't give a shit about how good Zaire Williams is in three years. All right. I want to, nice. I care about how good he is now. He's not, he's not good enough to win us an NBA championship. So it's going to take some cutthroat moves from the Grizzlies front office this really in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, and I'll, I'll be curious to see what they do because what happens with the Grizzlies at the deadline says a lot about what this franchise is for the next five years, in my opinion. Um, you know, and for as great as as Kleiman and the front office has been in drafting and building this team, this team wouldn't be shit if we didn't get extremely lucky and get John Morant in the lottery. We'd be ass. If Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain were our two best players, we'd still we'd be maybe in the plane in the West. 
So the main reason that this team is legitimate contenders and one of the best teams in the NBA is because we got lucky in the lottery. And, you know, a lot of that is what it takes to be good in the NBA. But, um, you know, I, I think climbing for as great as he has been, and we have drafted good rotation pieces. I want to see him build a team that makes a deep run into the, into the playoffs. Listen, we're, we're, we're six under through nine here. And we, we, we hit one way right on three and it bounced out of the trees and we we're in the middle of the fairway and we made birdie. We're six under through nine. You got to have the, the gonads to go really low and have the gonads to make, to make that trade and to, to really go after it because standing Pat is not really going after it. You have to go for it on your second shot on par five. Go for the green. Yeah. Come on, make it happen. At, at some points in your round, you have to make ballsy decisions to win a major. And, yep. and the Grizzlies need to do that. And I, I think Grizzlies fans are should be more open to moving some of these young guys. And like again, I don't care how good Zaire Williams is in three years. I don't care how good Santi Aldama is in three years. I care about winning now. And that's crazy to say. Because last year it felt like, oh, it's fun. Let's see what this team can do in the playoffs. Now I'm like, we don't know what's going to happen with John in the future. He's going to be on his extension next year. So we have less flexibility in roster construction. Go out and do something. So 100%. I rest my case. I've been very up and down with this Grizzlies team this year because we, <laughs> we go on these crazy win streaks where it's high and low honestly in that 11 game win streak, we didn't really beat anybody good we don't play great against good teams and on this road trip we sucked we lost four games in this road trip and that says a lot about our youth our inexperience and you hit on it this team needs a settling force someone that is a, a role player or a, plays a key role on the team that tells these guys hey let's not get in unnecessary beefs with shannon sharp if shannon sharp's talking shit to you just let him talk shit like, yeah. let it go. It's not that big of a You don't have to get in a fight with the guy because he said something you didn't like. Like, just, I don't know. Just let, let your play do the talk, Jaw, and, and the Grizzlies. Jaw's the leader. The Grizzlies follow Jaw, and he's still very young and inexperienced. He just needs to needs to lead more by example than lead with his mouth. The talk when you haven't done anything yet is a little frustrating to me. I don't mind talking on the court, but the interviews and stuff, it's just unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we spent a lot of time on the Grizzlies. There's one less next team, obviously, in the West that we think can win. Is, I'm guessing we both have the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple with them, why they will win. With Steph Curry, uh, all-time great. Clay, honestly, has been pretty solid for them this year uh, in, in pool. Um, and obviously, Draymond, you know, basically running it back. We haven't seen this team lose when they're fully healthy. Yeah, Steve Kerr has never lost a series in the Western Conference playoffs in which he had a healthy Warriors team. I mean, it still hasn't happened. So until until somebody beats the Warriors, your job in the West is to find a way to beat the Warriors. And as long as that hasn't happened yet, they deserve to be a part of this conversation. Because and and this year too, I mean, they're what are they? They're basically five hundred right now. Exactly 500, 24 and 24, eighth in the West. And I couldn't care less yeah. in terms of what it actually means about their chances to win a title because we've seen it this year. When that team is healthy, they have the best starting five in the NBA. 
And with, you know, if Wiggins is healthy, if Curry is healthy, like that team looks alarmingly similar to the team that is defending the, the defending champs. So uh, I, I'm not all that concerned about what their record is as long as they get into the, get into the, the playoffs. Um, I'm scared of them. So I, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory why they are, why they could win the finals, but um, it, they'll be very scary regardless of where they are, as long as they're in. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been the same thing for, 10 years with them, you know, you can feel great about yourself. You might have a eight point lead hanging, heading into the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden Steph hits four threes in a row and you're losing. And it, it, it's just the, the rate I wish they can hit threes with pool, clay, Steph. It's, it's terrifying. You always are scared of the Warriors. They're never out of a game. And who knows, maybe they don't get it together in the regular season and, and they end up, we end up with like a one eight of Denver versus golden state in the first round or be crazy. If, if we're the grizzlies we're the two seed and we have to play the seven seed warriors in the first round I'm like great you know thanks so i you know you always have to be scared of them they the main issue with them heading into the season obviously was the draymond punch on pool but also the question marks around the bench you know they lost uh gary payton they lost Otto porter jr i think they've they're starting to find their groove with DiVincenzo and Kaminga coming off as the off the bench as those guys for them. Um, so I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue for them as maybe it felt like two months ago. I think also they're they might have a move in them at the deadline. Maybe get another uh, in, interior defensive presence. Maybe like a like a cheeky Nas Reed or like a maybe like a PJ Washington they could they could swing a deal for because uh, they have young talent, right? They have like a Wiseman, a Moody uh, that they can move and get legitimate pieces, in my opinion, uh, at the deadline. So I don't think this team maybe is is fully formed. Uh, so, you know, Curry's just back off injury. I expect them to, to fly up the standings. And even if they don't, it doesn't matter because uh, this team can get hot and easily go back to back. So, always have to be on your radar. I think the main reason for me as to why they won't win the championship really is just, they are extremely stoply with the basketball second in the league in turnover 16.7, a game only behind the uh, absolutely abysmal Houston Rockets at 17 turnovers a game. Um, Jordan pool, very, very sloppy with his handle and his passing this year. Um, I believe he leads uh, the team in turnovers per game. So if, if I had to nitpick them, it would be, maybe ironing out that bench, but also they're very, very sloppy with the basketball. Um, and you you could make the argument as well uh, that they are, you know, not great defensively. They're 17th, so they're just below league average. Uh, and maybe like interior defensive presence might hurt them if they come up against like a, you know, can you imagine what they would have to do against like an Embiid in the finals? That would be a, a very fun finals, but I think they would really, really struggle with a guy like an Embiid or, or, or a Giannis. I think you could, Maybe make the argument that if the Bucks somehow made it out of the East last year, Giannis could have taken down the Warriors uh, without Middleton. Uh, they, they, you know, they didn't really have to face a, a big time center. Obviously, they had Jokic, but they went up against Jokic in the first round. But they didn't have Murray, so uh, a, a legitimate center um, could hurt them. But that's why I kind of like the idea of being in, bringing in some added interior defense. Uh, but those are, you know, kind of the main reasons that I that I point to as to why they wouldn't. 
Um, but right now I, you know, I would, I would have Denver as the favorite slash warriors one a and, and the Grizzlies second. Yeah. They, they just kind of seem to figure it out before the playoffs every year. They just, they just seem to be whatever we're worried about. They're all, they're clicking on all cylinders heading into the playoffs and they're so good at opposing their will on other teams and how they want to play that I'm almost not super concerned about things like Embiid and Giannis just because they oftentimes have a counter to those things that just are so spectacular in their own right. Is it as simple as Embiid is a bruiser inside, but he only gets you two points. Steph Curry can come down right. on the other side of the floor and get you three. Three is more than three. Two. Is, three is more than two. Yeah. Three is more than two. But um, but yeah, you know they would love for their bench to get shirt up a little bit. And I also think some of those defensive things would be better if Wiggins had been healthy more of the season. So um, they're probably more like in the ten to twelve range um, defensively. But you know, of course that that kind of thing needs to be fixed before if they're going to make a deep run. Yeah. Absolutely. Wiggins was so good for them in, in the finals last year. There was, I remember there was like some after like game four or game five, like cheeky Andrew Wiggins, MVP finals, MVP talk. Like he was that good. Like he was in the conversation. Obviously it was Curry's award, but he would have probably been the second MVP of that series. I'm curious out of the teams that we did not have. So in order, Kings, Pelicans, Clippers, Mavs, Lakers, uh, which one would have been the closest to making your list? Probably the Clippers, just because Kawhi has done that before. Um, I don't love the Clippers, and you know, I think the Clippers franchise is cursed, and I think they haven't played nearly enough together in the last four years. But that's a team that's made it to the West Finals, and if the and if they they have a healthy right the thing with the the, the clippers is that they can barely get they can barely get paul george and Kawhi to play like an entire week together yeah much less 10 weeks together and go all the way to the finals in the west it would probably be the clippers um the pelicans i mean they're another team they're very similar to the clippers that they haven't had all their guys together yeah. For a long amount of time, Brandon Ingram, I believe, is coming back uh, either tonight or within the next few nights. But they just haven't been healthy, yeah. and they're young. They don't have playoff scars. I guess last year, kind of, but they again weren't fully healthy there. Yeah. So that's that's my hesitation with the the Pelicans, and you know, Zion Williamson is on that list of like we keep convincing ourselves he's not going to do something that he always does, which is get hurt. Yeah. And um, I also have questions about harmony. In within that locker room, because I'm not sure Brandon Ingram is ready to admit that Zion Williamson is the best player on that team and things should run through Zion Williamson because he's the best player on that team. Um, I'm not totally ready. I'm not totally sure he's ready for that. Um, he being BI and kind of handing the keys over, but, um, but it, it's just kind of more than anything starts and stops with, I mean, at some point the guy's got to play and stay on the floor in Zion and I will, I'll, be all for it when it happens, but I'll believe it when I see it. And at some point they both have to get on the floor and learn how to coexist 
Because for as great as the Pelicans were in that playoff series against the Suns, it was a lot easier offensively because Brandon Ingram could be their number one scoring threat with no questions asked. Zion wasn't on the on the floor to take those field goals away from him. So we really need to see those guys together uh, before we um, can, in my opinion, determine uh, you know give them the they have the chance of winning the finals. Talk Clippers, um, same really honestly same conversation, and also I. For the limited sample size that PG and Kawhi have been on the floor together, the, the numbers are fine, but they're not like blow you out of the water above league average. They're around league average and got to be better than that. Um, I think there's question marks around like John Wall and stuff like that. Do they move a canard at the deadline? Uh, but they're there. Um, but again, I we talked about there's really the same conversation we had the preseason. Like we want to see these guys together uh, before we can make any sweeping judgments. I mean, I, I got to give the the credit to the Kings. They're third in the West, six games back of first, 27 and 20, uh, two games ahead of the Pelicans who are in fourth. Just never in a million years that I think the Kings were going to be this good this season. And they're my favorite league pass team besides the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, love watching the Thunder. Got to see SJ play in, in person. Got to give him a shout out because he's incredible. Um, but Kings... If they get home court advantage, can you imagine like a Kings Warriors three six? That would be for as as young and inexperienced as the Kings are. That would be a tough series for the Warriors because the the Golden One Center in Sacramento is a, a very tough place to play. So um, they they suck defensively. Uh, I'll be curious to see what they do at the deadline. Do they go out and make a move and you know get a defender to say like, hey, we actually have a chance this year? Um, they they have so much shooting. Uh, Malik Monk, uh, Kevin Herter. I love Kevin Herter. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, Keegan Murray has been stroking it from behind the arc as a rookie. Uh, I love how we all kind of shit on that pick, but dude's really panned out this year. I'd say he's better than Jaden Ivey right now. So love what the Kings are doing in Sacramento. I'm just so happy for Kings fans. They deserve this. They deserve every win. Uh, they deserve all the happiness. So I, I want to see them uh, go out and make a move and be like, hey, we, we have a chance at this because honestly, the West again is wide open. So why not? You just got to get better defensively. I think that's the team that people can, that will surprise people with their screw it. Well, let's, let's win now. Why not? Right. right. Um, I think that they believe in that building that they are in that position. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make a, a, a big splash move at the deadline. Um, if I were a fan of the Kings, would I like them to maybe let it rock for another year? Probably. Um, and I also think they just want the playoffs more than anything else. And it looks like that's going to happen unless something goes horribly wrong. And, um, and they're going to be able to do something they haven't done forever. So that's going to be very, very cool for them. Um, but they might go after somebody. They might do it. And that would be, that would be really cool. Yeah. They're, one of the most fun teams, if not the most fun team to watch in, they'll give whoever they play a tough series. So um, very excited. There. Lakers last one. I mean, they got Rui Hachimura. AD, oh, thank God. AD's coming back. You could talk yourself into it as a Lakers fan. Uh, Cause for what it's worth, they did look really good with LeBron and AD fully healthy. LeBron's just unbelievable uh, what he's doing right now for them. Um, but they are 13th in the West. They're, only a game back of 10th in a play-in spot. So they can absolutely, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a disgrace if this team misses the play-in with 
they're the fully healthy roster that they and, and they could be they could be a bitch of a first round playoff series for the Grizzlies or or the Nuggets if they make it through the play-in. Mm-hmm. So I certainly I, don't want to play LeBron and AD in the first round. No, no thank you. So can't, I can't fully write them off. Although I, I do, I see them staying fully healthy for four straight rounds and winning the finals. Probably not, uh, especially with Russell Westbrook on the team. But this team will probably make at least one more move at the deadline. Probably, yeah. So and I just think they're still ass. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Their the rotation around LeBron and AD is is bad. They totally shot themselves in the foot. So yeah, they have no one to blame but themselves. And they just don't have. I just don't. I don't think that their that front office is willing to do the thing that they're going to have to do to get a guy that's actually going to move the needle. And that's trade both of those first round picks. It's. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think. If honestly, this might sound crazy. If I was the GM of the Lakers. First of all, I wouldn't have signed LeBron to that extension last summer. That was I don't know why LeBron wanted to sign that extension yeah. either. Makes no sense. I would have honestly would have traded one of LeBron and AD and getting something of a return while you still can. And I would, if I was in their situation right now, I'd want to hold on to those picks. Why would you, if you're a Lakers fan, why would you want to see those picks go away? Because those could be high value picks and they're not going to be like, they're going to be very bad again soon. Mm-hmm. So why get rid of your future when, you know, it's it's not looking bright for them right now. So it, they're in a very weird situation. I'm very curious to see what they do at the deadline. But that extension to LeBron, still puzzling because, I don't know, just the, they got it. Like, it's it's the age-old thing. Like, they got a championship, but they kind of sold their future. They sold their soul for the championship. And they let LeBron, they, they let LeBron go fully GM. And, you know, he's not a good GM. He's a great player. He's not a good GM. Exactly right. All righty. That's all we have. Thank you all for listening. Josh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I hope Grizzlies fans don't take that message uh, too too offensive. I, I hope they take it well. I hope they understand. I swear, nobody, nobody loves the Grizzlies more than we do. The exactly. Grizzlies are... Uh, we are all in on the Grizzlies, um, even if we have different uh, opinions on on how they get to the place we all want them to get. But thanks for having me. It's always a blast. Yeah. If you don't, you know, something that you care about so much, you should be able to critique it. I don't understand fans or fan bases that get upset when you critique your team. Because if you watch the team as much as we do, we can see our weaknesses. We see our flaws and we want the best for the team, right? It's like Butler basketball. Butler basketball is in the worst spot it's been in in quite some time I don't want to and, and we don't have to talk about Butler because you do a podcast <laughs> on Butler. So, but it's incredibly depressing. There are a lot of things that need to change. It's worse than the Grizzlies. That's for damn sure. Um, but the only reason we talk shit about them, critique them is because we want the best for them. We want them to win. Uh, and that's all it is. So Josh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out.